Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. for what's coming. You have about six and a half months without a break coming up here um, in the liturgical season. Those of you are catechumens who haven't been through the cycle of our year, um, this is where things start to get real. (laughs) Next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent. And today's Mass, which is always the same for this Sunday, is actually called the last Sunday in Pentecost before Advent, which means, if you you read between the lines, that while Advent technically for us begins next Saturday at Vespers, it also kind of begins today, at least thematically. And that's why we get this intense apocalyptic reading today concerning the Lord's second coming. And just for emphasis, we're going to have the exact same apocalyptic reading next week, but from Luke's version in his gospel. We hear today a call, a call to prepare for the Lord's coming. Some are confused why we read uh, these passages, these dire passages of the second coming of Christ, when we know that Advent is a preparation for Christmas and for the coming of Christ. Our Lord is a babe. That is true, of course, and yet we begin this season by preparing for his coming as judge. We begin at the beginning by recalling the end. Advent is not just a preparation for Christmas. It is also, at the same time, the beginning of our liturgical year. And Advent sets off an intense series of liturgical tides which take us through the whole redemptive story, from the birth of our Savior to his death and resurrection, his ascension, and finally the sending of the Spirit at Pentecost. Today, in a sense, begins a season of seasons that will not let up until the octave of Pentecost. Then we get a little break. You can go to the beach for a few days, and then we'll do it all over again. After he leaves us in Pentecost, of course, he sends the Spirit, and he leaves us here to do the work he has given us to do, to bear fruit and to multiply talents until he comes again to collect his due and to judge the living and the dead. And so we begin our liturgical year in preparation by anticipating the end of the age and his final coming and the coming of the eternal kingdom. We prepare for the holy babe and the tenderness that will be upon us in a few weeks by first acknowledging him as almighty judge. Our gospel lesson from Matthew begins with therefore or so. 
I don't think it's in the translation in your bulletin, but it's actually, that's how it begins. Therefore, or so, when you see. This indicates that um, before our reading today, there's something really important that impacts what he's saying in our reading today. And it's always important for us to read the scriptures in context, but I think today's reading is particularly important for us to really grasp the essential message that we are to understand this morning and that Christ is trying to get across. We need to take a look at the section right before our reading and the section after our reading. This chapter, chapter 24, it begins with the disciples talking about the temple, of course, and then they ask him, when will be uh, the end of the age? When is he going to come again and be the end of this temporal age? And Jesus then launches into a very long discourse. It lasts two full chapters, the entire chapter 24 and the entire chapter 25. And it's an intense apocalyptic warning for them and how they are to make it through this time. He tells them of tumultuous signs and sufferings and trials. He warns them of the persecution they will go through, of being killed for his sake, of a great falling away, of lawlessness. He talks about many terrifying and terrible things that are going to happen in the earth. But what stands out in the midst of all these dire warnings, at least in the few verses before our reading today, are two short phrases which capture the essence of the whole two chapters. First, he says, watch out. Watch out. And then he says, those who endure to the end will be saved. Watch out, and those who endure to the end will be saved. And then he goes into today's reading. So, or therefore, when you see. After today's reading, he goes on to say some other things, which actually sound a little contradictory because he's just got done telling the disciples to be alert and recognize the signs of the end and of the terrible and dire rumblings of the world. Now, he says, nobody's actually going to know the day or the hour. So he says, beware, watch, read the signs, know that the end is coming. And then he says, well, nobody's going to know the day or the hour anyway. And then he predicts that there's not these rumblings of the earth. He says, actually, it's going to be like in the days of Noah. People are going to be eating. Oh, my goodness, they're going to be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. In other words, nothing unusual. Life is normal and human society goes on and on. Therefore, be on guard, be alert, and be ready. So what's the real message here? Whether you're being killed for Christ's sakes, whether there are wars and rumors of wars, or whether you're just living a simple life, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, the point is to be alert, to be watchful, to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. After this, he goes on to tell several parables. He tells of the watchful slave who finds his master finds working when he comes. He tells of the ten virgins. We just read this 
in two recent masses for St. Catherine and St. Cecilia. The ten virgins who were prepared with the oil when the bridegroom comes. He tells of the parable of the talents and those who work to multiply the talents versus the one who buried his talent. And then the final end of chapter 25 is uh, a final warning of the last judgment when he will come and separate the sheep from the goats. So this theme, this theme goes on intensely for two whole chapters. And I think it's important that we realize that the intent of this teaching, this discourse of Christ, is not to make us obsessed with end times, which many have done. His intent is to help us to face reality. His intent is to help us to wake up from an imaginary dream state, to face reality, and to act accordingly. Now, the typical shock value of Christ's parables, which are pretty strong in these particular parables, are designed to this end. To help us to face reality. Not, of course, to paint God as some tyrant. We know our God is a loving God. This is our God. <laughs> Remember who's telling these parables. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Lord who hangs upon the cross for us. He's the one telling these parables. But he tells us these parables with these shocking conclusions to wake us up. To wake us up to reality. The unfaithful slave he says, a little PG-13, sorry, will be cut in two and assigned with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The unwise virgins, who didn't fill their lamps with oil, will be told, I never knew you. They will be shut out from the bridal chamber. The worthless slave who buried his talent, too, will be thrown into outer darkness. God loves us. Christ is not telling these parables to give us an image of a hateful, vengeful, unloving, punishing, vindictive God. That's not the point. These are warnings. These are warnings from a God who loves us. God loves us and he is coming. He's coming in a few weeks to us as a holy babe. He's coming to us as a great judge in a great reckoning at the end of this age. He loves us and he is coming, but he cannot make us love him. And so we have to prepare for his coming by loving him above all else. And that's the truth. And that's what's real. And that's what he's trying to tell us and warn us about in his love. This should not send us into a state of anxiety. If it does, there's something wrong. We're not hearing the real message. This should not send us into a state of unholy fear. He's given us everything, including to love to love him with. He's given us the very faith to believe in him. He's given us the repentance we need to repent. It all comes from him. Everything comes from him. We have nothing of our own. For us, it is simply to say yes to him. 
to say yes to him and no to the devil and to his lies. And if we do this, all will be well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.